Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Mem Gimel in Maseches Ksubos. Um, a little bit for those uh, faithful followers in Dublin, Brussels, and Barcelona. Andrew's going to be away next week if you're listening in for his contributions. Uh, it's the end of summer over here. You felt the nip in the air for the first time here in Baltimore this morning. I'll be away for my last little extendo weekend. So I'm away Friday through Monday. This and coming then, uh, fr- tomorrow through, and I'll be back by Tuesday. Are you going to be here for uh, Barry? And Barry, and, I'm not uh, sure. Barry, I don't know, uh, and, and, and David. David was just away and Barry was away, and we're going to, we, we've been pretty coordinated, but anyways. 13, like, we, we have work to do. 13 lines up from the bottom of Mbezim and Bez. We were in, in, a, in the middle of a, of a sugya here, and I will try to get us back into it. So if Shimon holds, a very interesting thing. We talked about how a, I called the shear, how a fine becomes a bill. I, mean, I meant like, because you know how a bill becomes a law? It was a real play in words, Andrew. Uh, I meant like a financial bill. Because a bill, if you're moda in a financial obligation, then you're chayev still, right? And a knas, we have the concept from Baba Kama that Rashi mentioned yesterday, moda beknas butter. What if you had a knas, like the knas of the owners of Mephata, and what you're testifying is, what you're admitting to is, that you were levied this knas in court. So you're not testifying that you were owners of Mephata. That would make you pata from the knas of owners of Mephata. What you're testifying is that you were convicted of owners of Mephata and thus had to pay a knas. Oh, well, if you're motivated to that, is that still going to be considered, right, a financial fine, a bill, if you will, or is that going to be considered a knas? Difference being, if it's a knas, you're going to be potter from it. If it's a, right, if, you, if it's a financial obligation, then you're not potter for it. That's one difference. The other difference is, right, that, um, well, we're going to, so we're going to discuss, right? So, so again, one difference is that if you're mode, you're going to be potter. The other difference is the korban asham. We said that if a person, that's what the pasuk says, <clears throat> and that was a machlokas. The question is, with regards to a korban asham, right? Do you need to bring a korban asham for a knas or just for a mamon? So, if Shimon holds that there is no korban asham by a knas. And after Hamad Bedin, right, he learns this from Vechichesh, from the Pasuk of Vechichesh. The Pasuk tells you that only in monetary, right, the Pasuk that talks about, that describes this idea of a Korban Asham. And again, the Korban Asham is a Korban that you bring when you have uh, denied something, and then finally, but you were just a bold-faced liar, and then you finally admitted it. So then you have to bring a Korban Asham. Now, that is only by financial thing. Rav Shimon held it from the Pasuk of, of Vechichesh, okay? But he held that for a knas, you would not have to. So what would Rav Shimon hold in a case that we, aforementioned case, when you have a knas that now had ha'amadabedin, after what we call ha'amadabedin, after the day in court, that knas that you were convicted of becomes a financial obligation. Would Rav Shimon say that now that it's a financial obligation, do you still, do you now have to bring a Korban Asham? Or does it retain that element of Knas that it started off? So Rav Shimon says it retains that element of Knas. 
Unlike the Rabbana, the Rabbana hold it turns into Mammon, and therefore you are Chayav a Korban. If Shimon says, you are not Chayav a Korban Hashem. So again, two differences. One, if Shimon holds that you are not Chayav a Korban, uh, and it retains the element of Knas even after Hamad Abedin. And the second thing is in our Mishnah he holds, that after Hamad Abedin, right, a different thing, that the girl still gets the Knas until the father is actual Nasina. After all, what was the topic of our Mishnah? The topic of our Mishnah was that does what happens when a girl becomes independent from her father? When she becomes independent of her father, does she, is she Yoresh, the Knas, or not? So Rav Shimon said that, yes, the girl will still get the Knas even after Ahmad Abedin. So that was the first, that was the question. The Gemara asks, once we learn that even after Ahmad Abedin, so again, what was the sequence? Girl is violated. The Torah says the father gets the payment. Okay, but the father is only going to get the payment, right, if he, she is still, so to speak, under his jurisdiction, right? If she becomes a Bogaris, right? Or if the, or that, then she's supposed to get, right? Then she's supposed to get the Knas because she's already independent. Okay. What, what, what are we doing here? What's happening? So we're, we're trying to catch up, we're trying to catch up and we're trying to recap yesterday by discussing when does, it's actually a fascinating question when a girl, because we're learning Nara, Right, and Shinispatata, when the girl gets the fine, when does it go to her and when does it go to the father? So it's like a detail. We're learning, it's like we're in law school, Goranowitz, where the, where the detail is like this. What happens if the girl's violated when she's a Nara, so she's therefore supposed to get a Knas, and then they have the day in court, and when you have the day in court, let's say she's already independent, or they have the day in court when she's a child, and then she becomes independent, and then the father dies, and then before she gets paid, or before he or, or her get paid the money. Well, Rav Shimon held that until the money is handed over, what we call Nisina, then, Eve, then as long as everything else happened while she was in Ara, so then the girl is still going to get the Knas. So the Gemara asks, well, that means that it's not Mamon, it's still Knas. Because after all, it was a financial obligation, right? So then it it would be given to the father already. But the fact that she's not, uh, that, she's, that, that it's not until Nasina, it sounds like it's not Mammon until Nasina, right? The fact that, um, and therefore, right, not, you should not have to bring a Corbin yet, right? And if that's the case, then the whole question was, and this was really Abaye, really trapped uh, Rabbah, and he said, then the whole Vachichesh, right, we don't need that Pasuk to pater him from the Corbin. Okay, so that's basically what the question was. So that's where we start. 13 lines up in Bani. E Hafi. If the word Venasan, because we learned the word Venasan to teach you that this Knas, right, for the Onus and Mephat is different than any other Knas, right? So if that, because the Pasuk says, Venasan Aisha Shochevima Lavia Nara, it's different, right, in the sense that it's not yet considered Mamon. It's only considered a Knas, even after the Hamadabedin. Says the Gemara, Talmud Lomar Vachichesh. Why do you need the Pasuk of Vachichesh? This, this limud of Venasan is so strong, then you just, Rip Shimon, just use the word of Vachichesh to teach you this whole understanding of, uh, with regarding the Shvua, that it still retains its Knas. You don't need Vachichesh. Talmud Lomar Vachichesh. You could have just learned it from Venasan. So the Gemara answers, Amar Rava, no. 
uh, Rava comes to the rescue and says, For the case where what? That the halacha is going to be the same, whether you use v'nasan v'chichesh. The only question is, which pasuk are you using to teach you that it retains the element of knas? So Rava is saying, so they had the day in court, and then Bagra, and then after the day in court, she became a Bogera, so now she's independent, and then she dies. What happens when she dies? Her father inherits her. Says the Gemara, that when her father inherits her, he inherits it from her. And what does that mean? That means that the Amad Bedin might not turn it into Mammon, but Yerusha, you might think, certainly does turn it into Mammon, right? In other words, we already know, Rav Shimon knows already from Venasan that the Hamad Abedin isn't going to turn it into Mammon because you need Nasina to turn it into Mammon. However, if once the, the Bas, the daughter, dies, then the father inherits it not as a Yerusha. Well, Yerusha, everybody knows is Mammon. Yerusha is not a Knas. And therefore, if she dies bef- between the Hamad Abedin and the Nasina, then the father inherits it not as a Knas, but as a Mammon. And it is in that case that V'chichesh teaches us, you still pay. He doesn't bring the carbon asham, right? And within Rav Shimon. And then that's, that's the answer. But then the question the Gemara asks now is, wait a minute. If that's the case, right? That at that point, it's, he inherits it. So then, then we have a question with the language of the Brisa. Rav Shimon says in the Brisa, that, that, that the whole Vachichesh is trying to exclude all those that are Knas, but this is not a Knas. If this is a true Yerusha, the way the father inherits it from his daughter, so then it's not a Knas at all. Mamonhu, then it's a Mamon. So then why is it referred to as a Knas? So Amr of Nachman Bar Yitzchak, he was our valedictorian of Mazakas Pesachim, Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak says, Yatsu Elusha Ikaran Knas. It doesn't really mean that it has to be like a Knas in real time now, but it originated as a fine, and, and certainly this obligation, this monetary obligation of the knas of Onus Mefata is in essence a knas. It just originated as a knas. But it now, okay, it has the status of a Yerusha and therefore through its transformations become a bill or right a monetary obligation. But it is in essence a knas and that's the answer. Fine. So now, eight lines up from the bottom. Aceve. Abai is asking from Mishnah in Shavuos. A, a, a related question. He says, Rabbi Shimon Poter. In other words, Rabbi Shimon certainly holds that after Ramanda Badin, he's not Mishalim, he, he is Mishalim Alpi Atzma, right? But by Knas, he's Poter, uh, in, in our case, in the case of the, right, Onus Mefate, if he is, again, swearing falsely, and then de- and that to deny that he did anything, and then it turns out that he lied, Right? In that case, he still considers that it's a modibah knas potter. Okay. So he says, Rabbi Shimon potter, she'enu misham knas al piyatzmo. So Rabbi Shimon is potter, the, right, the korban, uh, because he's not going to be misham knas al piyatzmo. In other words, the chiddush of Rabbi Shimon is that he retains the status of knas even after a modibah din. But wait a minute, that doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It says, taima de lo amodibah din, ha'amodibah din, de misham al piyatzmo. Forget about the korban for a second. With regards to paying, right, he's, he is, he was not Omid Bedin yet. But if he certainly, if he was Omid Bedin, and then he was sued, and he was convicted, right, and he knows that he has to pay, he certainly is going to have to pay, right? 
So the question that the Gemara asks is, Ha'amad bedin demishalom piyatzma. Once he was omad bedin, right? In other words, don't confuse the two things, Barry. I know this is like one of the most complicated sukkahs. I usually learn with Yitz in the morning for like an hour to prepare for the next day. We only got to Mem Gimel That I promise you, Andrew, it's not going to happen in Shear today, but just to understand this. We're going to get to the Muslim in a second. We're so far from Muslim right now, it's, it's not even funny. But we're, getting, we're finishing this, this one piece soon, and then we're going to get to a piece you're going to love. Anyway, the point is that I don't want you to get confused. Shimon was talking about Hamada Bedin with respect to the Knas, retaining the aspect of Knas, okay? And therefore, Hamada Beknas Pater. But it's, it's not Pater from Mama. In other words, if you were Omid Bedin, and you were convicted, right? So, of course, you have to pay the money, right? The mama, you have to pay. But the Gemara is asking if, an interesting question. He said, So, if you're Omid Bedin, it's considered Maman, he, he would be Mishalman Piyatzma, Korban Shmua, Nami Mechaev. Why is it that Rabbi Shimon is patrying from the Korban Shmua? So, the, the Gemara says, Rabbi Shimon, you know, he said, Rabbi Shimon is talking about to the Rabbanon. He says, Right, that according to me, even though there was a madabadin and now this knas has become a bill, the the Torah says that he does not have to pay, uh, give the shvua of the korban asham because of of the pasuk of avichichesh elaleditchu. But the real question is, Rav Shimon is asking the rabbanim, according to you, right, who say that it's still mamon, and therefore even after madabadin, uh, meaning it's all after madabadin, it's considered mamon. And therefore, you're going to have to bring a korban. At least, Mihat, at least agree to me, says Rabbi Shimon to the Baron, that prior to Amad Abedin, the Chi Katava, when the father demands payment, Knasa Katava, if he, uh, that, in other words, all Rabbi Shimon is asking the Baron is to admit that this payment that the father is actually trying to extract from the violator is a Knas until Amad Abedin. I mean, nobody would say that until the court adjudicates this that it's a monetary obligation yet because the court hasn't decided, convicted him yet. And therefore, that, but, he, but the Torah says it. The Torah says that, you have, that the father has to pay. Well, the Torah is just talking about a knas, the, the 50 shekel. That's what, the, that's what he has to pay. And therefore, if he's moda before, in other words, forget about the, where he lied and then, well, even whether he lied or not, if he admits, this is the point, before Ha'amad Abedin, right? If the violator admits before Ha'amad Abedin, says Roshim and Tilarbanan, agree to me, at least within your worldview, that if he admits before Ha'amad Abedin, that at least at that point, he's certainly admitting to a knas because it's not yet turned into a financial obligation. So the Rabbanan Savri, so, so the Gemara says, Rabbanan Savri, ki katava, gam katava, that even before Hamad Abedin, there's a machlokes, Rabbi Shimon, and the Rabbanan. So this becomes now the third machlokes between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbanan, keeping track of all the machloks in. The musr here is that you put in the work to keep track of all these machloks in. It's a melus betorah is the first musr, but there'll be more going on, so don't worry. The, the third machlokes of Rabbi Shimon and Rabbanan is ki katava boshiz bugam katava, that what is a father Rahman al-Tzlan of the violated girl trying to get out of this guy. So first you have to understand the Ritva and Shavuos quoted by the great Tafyami master Ari Leibowitz is explaining that really he could have asked for the Boshes of Bagam and the Knas because after all, when a girl gets violated, so what does the Torah say? She gets Boshes, Bagam, right? 
and she gets the knas. So there's financial obligation and a knas obligation. So why, what are we talking about? There's a machlokas about what the father is trying to extract from this, from this um, uh, criminal. So the answer is, says the Ritva Shavuos, that yes, he does not want, the father doesn't want to accuse him of too much because he's afraid he's going to be koifer ba'akol. He's afraid he's going to deny it. So in order to reduce, in order to increase the chances of admission, he's trying to like pick his poison. He's trying to pick which one, he, whether he's going to take the knas or he's going to take the financial restitution of Boshus Bagam and Reboi and Sar and all those things. Now, there, there is a machlokas where the Rabbanans say, what is the father's focus? The father's focus is the financial restitution. Says the Rabbanan, the financial restitution aspect. And therefore, what the Rabbanan are saying is that even before Hamad Abedin, the, it's a, if he denies it, it's, he's talking about denial of Mamon, and he would still have to pay because it's not a Modbiknaz. Wait a minute. What's the source of this machlokas where Shimon holds that the father is only extracting the knas and the and and Rabbanon holder the father is extracting the financial restitution? Says the Gemara, Amar of Papa, of Papa figured it out. Rabbi Shimon suffered loshavik inish decates. Shimon saying that a plaintiff, right, the father usually is not going to uh, take a claim where he doesn't know how much it's going to be. Right and and let go of the fifty shekel fixed claim. Either the case means the fixed claim. So the fifty shekel is a nice amount of money. It's a bird in the hand. If he's only going to take one of the two, either the knas or the boshes bugam, he'll take the knas because you never know what the court is going to say. It's an unknown. So this is a classic case, Goranowitz. Of are you going to take this new washer dryer on the Price is Right, or do you want what's behind door number two? So that's the machlokas, right? Rav Papa is saying that Rav Shimon holds, take the wash and dryer, it's worth $1,500, it's a bird in the hand, between number two, you never know what's going to be there, it could be like a gag gift, right? So take that. Okay, right? And he's not going to leave that new wash and dryer, which he really needs, and it's brand new, it's looking really good quality, and leave, and instead go behind what's number two, where he never knows how it's going to play out in court. A more yeshivish approach, if you will, lamdish. This guy's a tamar chacham. He knows the father knows that if he's that if he denies and then is ma'idah he's going to be potter. So therefore, he doesn't want to let him off the hook, and it is for that halachic reason. That the father, given the choice of act, of exacting either the knas or the boshes of begam payment, asks for the boshes of begam payment. Why? Again, in the words, the chimoi Because even if he was agreeing, uh, if he later admits to it, then he has to pay because the moidah knas is potter. So that's that's why the father is not asking for the knas. He's rather asking for the boshes of begam because he knows at least there, even if the guy plays around and is dishonest, if he eventually admits it, he'll be chayev. So now we find ourselves in Mim Gimel, but I'll have six lines down with a totally different topic. New topic, new life, Quranos. Here we go. But Baruch Hashem, that was amazing. Yeah, Shas Katan, Shas Katan. So, Bami Nei Rabbi Avina Mirosheshes. Ravina wanted to know the following from Mirosheshes. Bas Hanizonus Mina Achin Maisa Yadeila Mi. Fascinating question. A daughter, Rachman al loses her Father, 
So that kind of segues, right? Because we talked about a girl that lost her father in our previous case. Now, she, once she does so and loses her father, her brothers are going to support her. Okay. Now, she goes out to work. She has babysitting jobs. Uh, and she's also the CEO of a company. So does she get to keep that money or does she have to give it to the, father, to the brothers? Now, it is in the Torah illustrated, it is taught that her father actually has a sense of ownership over her. In fact, he could sell her, so to speak, right? We, to, as an ama, every, a father has jurisdiction over his daughter. The brothers do not. So Minatora, right, she doesn't have to give him nothing. However, they have to, it says in the Ksuba, they have to support her. So this is all within Midarabanan. The question is, what's the policy? Do we say that since she's, they have to support her, that she's going, they're going to also have rights to her earnings? Maisei uh, dime and also Metziah, if she finds a Metziah, does she have to you know, bring it to them? It's like they, they found it. Or not. So, so, B'mokam Av Kaimi, and there's two ways of looking at it. Maisei Deilam Bi, B'mokam Av Kaimi, is it as if the brothers are like the father? And therefore, just like if the father is still alive, all of her earnings will go to the father. So too, all the earnings should go to the brothers. Is that the Gezerah Derabanan? Or maybe you could say, no, it's, this is very different. Because because when the father's alive, he's the one that's going out to work and supporting everybody. And therefore, he should be entitled to her earnings. But now that the brothers are supporting her, they're supporting her with what? With the inheritance, right? They're all feeding off the same inheritance. So they're not really supporting her from her own earning, from their own earnings. And therefore, perhaps they should not be entitled to her earnings. So, so this is what Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Avina asked of Shesha. So I'm like, so if Shesha says, Tinisuha, well, you already learned this. You already learned, you already learned this in the Mishnah that you're going to learn. Adaftsari <laughs> Okay. So, okay. So in about 50 days, you'll learn, Almana Nizonis This is a different case. It's not the daughter. Uh, it's the wife. Okay. The wife, Nizonis Mnichsiyasomim, we're bad. I, I'm feeling a Muslim moment coming on. The wife, wife yeah, you're going to love it. My, the wife, she gets, right, the, supported by the sons. So again, same case, right? Uh, the, the, the dad, Rahman al-Tzlan, dies, and now he's leaving a wife, daughter, and sons. And the, and the sons, says the Mishnah later on, have to support the mother and the daughter, Okay. Now, by the mother, the almana, the widow, her earnings do, in fact, certainly belong to them. And therefore, what Rav Sheshis is saying to Ravina, so if the mother's earnings belong to them, you would think that the bot's earnings should also belong to the brothers. So the, the Gemara says, me dummy, really, is the daughter, the sister, the same halacha as the mother, the, the almana? That... Um, with regards to the almana, he doesn't want her to profit. But when it comes to his daughter, he does. In other words, we're saying that whatever earnings the mother makes, it goes to the brothers, goes to the estate. That's amazing. And he's saying, but that does not necessarily mean that the daughter's earnings goes to the estate. He wants the daughter to live behar vacha, to be able to actually make her own money. The Gemara says, are you sure? That sounds like you prefer the daughter to the almana, doesn't it? In other words, 
the fact that the almana gets to keep her own money, uh, I'm sorry, the fact that the almana has to pay in her earnings to the brothers, uh, and if you're going to suggest that the daughter doesn't have to do so, it sounds like you're preferring the daughter. Says the Gemara, Are you sure we prefer the daughter? He said like this, that we, the Chachamim treated the Almana with regards to the daughter, like the daughter with regards to the brother. In the case where there's very meager funds indeed. Once you run out of funds, you're going to treat them as follows. If you have brothers and a sister and the money is running out, then what are you going to do? The leftover money, you use it to feed the daughter, right? The, your sister. And you go and start collecting door to door. In other words, the brothers put the sister first and they make sure that she gets fed first while they go collecting. And then amazingly, right? If there's such meager funds that you can neither right, support the brothers or the sister. So then you use the only money that you have left to support who? The widow, the mother. The Muslim moment, Garanowitz says, the mother comes first, okay? The mother, you make sure you take care of your mother. And if it means that the brothers and the sisters have to go collecting, that's what you do. Number one priority, take care of your mother. Why, 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 why do we need laws to tell us that? Oh. It's so logical, but but even though it's logical, we now have a contradiction because it sounds like when it comes to take care of your mother, you take care of your mother first. She takes precedence over the daughter. But but earlier we just said that when it comes to taking care of your daughter, uh, a father would rather have his daughter perhaps keep her own earnings than his wife. So what's going on? So says the Gemara. You're learning something about life now, Goranowitz. That a when when a person uh, thinks about after he's gone, who will be taken care of? He wants to make sure that his wife is taken care of and never has to right go and collect. That would be embarrassing to him, to her. He wants to make sure that's that taken care of. But he doesn't want to necessarily be living in the lap of luxury. The wife. He w- but if he had a choice of who should live in the lap of luxury, he would want his daughter to live in the lap of luxury. That's what this means. Even Zilusa, he wants his mother. It's the priority with regards to just not having to go out and work. That goes to the widow. The priority in terms of being able to retain your own earnings and your CEO and making it big in the world that goes to the daughter. But she should get a husband. Yeah, she'll get a husband with this kind of earnings. She'll get a husband. Don't worry. Oh, oh, that's right. So with the earnings. Maybe that's the reason. Yeah. Um, everybody wants their kids to be better than them, but they also they want their own to be taken care of. So massive review safe. Now, this idea that the bats and so Rashi says yes, we're go- they're going to belong. That, that the daughter's earnings are going to belong to the brothers. So massive Yosef. That. Right, that if the Hermaisia Daim and Hermitsia, even though she didn't collect them yet, when the father dies, that belongs to the brothers, which is to say, the moment she makes the earnings. So let's say she gets paid on the first of the month, right? So, so the father died like on the 26th of the previous month, but right, so she didn't even get her paycheck yet. 
but whatever her production is goes to right from the from the moment that the father died goes to the brothers. Now the reason they belong to the brothers is because this was production that was produced during the lifetime of her father and all that stuff, right? The whole first, let's say he died in 26 of the month. From the first to the 26th from the previous paycheck, that all was going to go to the father. But that implies that from the 26th on, she gets to keep it. My love, Benizonis, I wish it must be, right, that she keeps it and it must be a case where she's being supported because we have no indication to say that she's, that she's not. And yet she keeps it. That's not like Rav Shesha's. Rav Shesha says that she doesn't get to keep her Maisei Dain, that the brothers get it. So the Gemara said, lo. This is talking about a case where she's not being supported. So the Gemara says, wait, wait a minute. If she's not being supported, what's the Havamina? That, that she, right? How else is she going to support herself? Right? Okay. So says the Gemara, Right? In other words, if she's not supported, then, then even Avadim don't have that, right? That even when it comes to an Everett Ivory, right? If you don't support the Everett Ivory, you don't expect as mice a dime. So that's what he's trying to say. Even according to the opinion that's, that you can say to the Rav, to, that, that you can say to your Eved that you're going to keep his Maisei Daim and not feed him. Even that, that's only with an Eved Kanani. Right? Because the Pasuk says, Imach, right? That with an Eved Ivri, you're supposed to like kind of treat him like one of your own. Right? Like as you would want to treat yourself. And that is by an Eved Ivri. By an Eved Kanani, it doesn't say that. So to an Eved Kanani, you could say, you don't get to keep your work and I'm not going to support you. But to an Eved Ivri, where the Pasuk does say Imach, then you cannot say that. You cannot say, work and I'll keep your wages and I'm not going to support you. You can't say that to an Eved Ivri. So, so certainly... All the more so, that would be true of his daughter, that you cannot tell her, I'm not going to be amazing you, and still I'm going to keep your mice a dime. So this is just another illustration of the fact that we don't do that by a daughter. So, uh, so therefore, if we're talking about when they're not supporting her, what are we talking about? So, we're talking about, no, she's a CEO, Goranowitz, and she's making gabillions. It's not talking about the main, like, the main just support. Of course, it's supporting her. The, but, and, and it's not talking about her, her basic, right, needs. It's just talking about the ha'adafa, right, that major income above what she needs to feed herself, that extra profit, right, the question is, do we let her keep that or not? Or do we take it? So Amarava, Gavarava, Yosef, this concept of dafa actually was very well known. And so well known that it was hard to believe that Yosef didn't know that that was what was shot in, in the Mishnah. And, and therefore, the Kamosif Tiyuvta, and yet, he still asks the question. So what was the question? So, Ela Amar Rava, Rava has to say it like this. Rav Yosef Masnisin Gufa Kashale. Right? Rav Yosef had a question about the Mishnah, an inherent uh, weirdness in the Mishnah as follows. Diktani, because the Mishnah said, after all, what? It's the language of the Mishnah, guys. The language was that, that who, she's, in, she's entitled, the question is, you're enti- is she entitled to her Maisei Adaim, her earnings? And is she entitled to her, whatever she finds, right, her found things, even though, even though she did not yet collect them? That's what we said, right? That the question is, it depends on when the father died, 
relative to when she collected them. But the wording of the Mishnah is weird because even though earnings is something that you collect because you get a salary, you don't collect, right? There's no such thing as finding something and then leaving it and collecting it some other time. And that was the question of Rava. It says the Rava, Mitziyasamiman Gavya. Who are you waiting to collect your Mitziyah from? And let's see what you find and you pick it up. What does that mean? It's just a language. What does it mean, Mitsyasa? What the Mishnah is saying, and so therefore, it's a totally different question. We know that the Mishnah's earlier point had to do with Hadafa, and that it had to do with the case where she is Nizonis, right? And it had to do with whether or not she gets to keep it, right? In other words, Rav Shesha says she doesn't. The Mishnah says she does, but it was talking about the Hadafa. But here, what we're talking about is a different thing. The question that Rabbi Yosef had was simply, um, what is this language of Maisei o Mitziah? So what it means is that Maisei is like a Mitziah. Ma Mitziah b'chaya av la'av. Just like if the father is alive and the daughter finds a Mitziah, that belongs to the father. Right? And after the father died, she gets to keep it. So to her earnings, while the father is alive, the father gets to keep it. After the father dies, she gets to keep it. And indeed, we learn from this that it, that her Maisa Yadaim actually belonged to her, right? And she gets to keep it even when she's supported by her brothers. And it Marnami, just to support that, Amar Yudam Rav, Basan Yizonis Minachin, the daughters Yizonis Minachin, Maisa Yadayala Atzma, gets to keep her own earnings. So that Halacha Midarabanan, right, is consistent with the Halacha Midaraisa, which is that Midaraisa, she gets to keep her earnings despite the fact that she needs to be fed by her brothers. Says the Gemara, Amar of Kahana, my timer, what's the reason? We actually have a Pasuk, it's really like an Asmachta, that's going to teach you that what? That you can keep your possessions for your children after. In other words, what is the list of things that you inherit to your children? The context of the Pasuk is the Evid Kanani and your other, so to speak, uh, types of property, as, as it says in the. Uh, in the Constitution. So that you can, you can actually be yours to Yivnechem. But you can't, right, you, um, your, your sons will not inherit your daughters. That's not going to happen. Which means, that they're not inheriting the schus of the Maisei Daim and all these aspects of the daughter. They're not going to inherit that. So Matkifla Rabba, Rabba wants to know, you know, that pasuk might be only talking about what you have to look at the context, the the uh, knas for the for the nara mispatet and all those things. And in fact, Rav himself says that that's what the pasuk is talking about. So the Gemara asks, and what are you going to say that 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 the that for these injury that that personal pain that we're going to grant the payments. Of course not. So the Gemara says, "Amr Biosi Barchanina Shepatsa In other words, the father never even had. The question of the Gemara was: the father never even had uh, rights to the personal payments of her injuries. That was always hers to begin with. Says so the Gemara: No, 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 that's not a thing. Uh, that it's not the thing that we're talking about. We're talking about where she was disfigured, and that somehow you have to look at the Rishonim to see how that affects it. But basically, when the father, so to speak, marries her off. He's going to end up having to pay more, right, to, to sort of marry off this disfigured girl. And therefore there he has a, right, he has sustained a financial uh, loss, even though that the physical damage was to the girl. So finally, 
So it's either Rav Zera or Rabbi Zera. We're not sure, but we want to definitely attribute everything we learn to the right source. That the girl, in fact, when she is being supported by her brothers, gets to keep her own earnings. Just like we said, that the girls are not inherited and their schuyos are not inherited to the brothers. Only the rest of the stuff is inheritance. They don't pass the amra. Who said this? The shakud, the most diligent one. Who's the dig- diligent one? The Gemara asks. Shakud manu. Who's this? Shmuel. Shmuel was diligent. In fact, we say He was very diligent indeed. Problem is harav amra. It wasn't Shmuel. It was Rav who said it. So so. Why is he calling Rav the Shakud? Shmuel is the Shakud. Says the Gemara, Ema af Shakud Amr. No, what he was saying was, not only does Rav say this halacha, but even Shmuel, who is the diligent one, agrees with him. Ah. Okay, two final halachas on this issue. Amr Marbar Bar Amemar Laravashi. Hachi Amri Nahardai. Say this to the Nahardins. Hilchasakav say the Rashashashis. The halacha is in fact like Rashashashis, that the uh, earnings do go to the brothers. Ravashi Amar Hilchasakav say the Rav. No, Ravashi says it's not like Rashashashis. Uh, it's like the Rav. It's like Rav and Shmuel who say that the earnings do not go to the brothers. So what's the lacha in the end? The the Rav. The Raisa matches the Rabbana. The lacha is like Rav. Okay, so now we resume with the Mishnah on Memgil and Bez. New case. Hamaris and Bito, Vigirsha, Irsa, Venis Armala, Ksuvasa, Shiloh. What's going on here? Father is marrying off his daughter. Okay, so they have Arisim. And then. She gets divorced before she ever gets to Nisuin. Okay, so we're talking about a katana here, Andrew. If she's a katana, right, who gets it? Who gets the ksuba? Okay, so as Rashi explains, So the father gets her everything. So who's getting the ksuba? The father. Interesting. Okay, so he marries her off again. Now, mind you, once you have the Nisuin, so that's a different thing. Once you have Nisuin, she is independent, and she would receive the ksuba, but she only had an erisin. Okay, aha. So she's not out from under the jurisdiction of her father. So she has erisin, then gets divorced. The ksuba goes to the father. Fascinating. And then he marries her off a second time. Venis armala, and then her husband dies. Okay, this chassan dies before nisuin. Mamish, this girl can't catch a break. She never got to the point of nisuin. Ksuba shalom. and there too, the ksuba will belong to the father. Okay, the Gemara is going to discuss why Dafka this case, but the point is, so long as she's an Aaron, she hadn't had Nisuin, everything goes to the father. However, Yisia, if she finally got to the point of Nisuin, Vigirsha, and then the husband divorced her, so then, or Yisia Venis Armala, right, and then she gets married again. Now, Yisia there, the second time, is not the father marrying her off, but she marries herself off and then becomes widowed. Then, Ksuvasa Shalah. Of course, she's going to keep the Ksuba for both marriages. Because again, once, the, once she has Nisuin, she's independent from her father. Rabbi Yehuda, however, Oimer, Harishon Shalav, the first Ksuba still belongs to the father. There's Lamdus. Even though she already had Nisuin, that first Ksuba from the first marriage is going to go to the father. And Amrulo, what are you talking about? The Chachamim said to Rabbi Yehuda. How could that be that the father gets the first ksuba? After all, once she had Nisuin, she doesn't, she's not under his jurisdiction anymore. So how is he getting that payment? We will see. It's indicated in the ksuba as such. 
the Gemara says, Time of the Yisiva, Girsha Yisiva, Nisarmala. Why did the Gemara use this weird case where she gets married and divorced the first time and the second time becomes widowed? Says the Gemara, Nisarmala, Trezimli, Tulo Subi. Just to, to, to show you that she, she's not, this din of Katlanis, the black widow that is not allowed to be married again, right? Because if you, two husbands die early, then we assume that there's something up. And so in passing, we mentioned this Mishnah like Rebbe. That was the Machlokas. At what point did she become uh, bad luck? After two marriages with the husband dies or three? Right? What creates that Chazaka? Is it that we're afraid of the third time? Or is it that once we've had three times, we're afraid of the fourth time? So if we hold like Rabbi, that we're afraid of the third time, so then that's why our Mishnah doesn't have her getting with it twice. But that's besides the point. Let's get back to our point. Rabbi Yehudah, my time at the Rabbi Yehuda. Why did Rabbi Yehuda say that the first time it belongs to the father? Right? After all, even after Nisuin, the Ksuba belongs to the father. Because at the time of Erisin, already, right, the father already became like um, a Baal of the Ksuba. That's what you see in the Rashi. Shel Baal HaRishon, Yishchayv L'Ksuba V'Zachab HaAv. Right? So again, she gets married, and even if she has Nisuin, that Ksuba was already established at the time of Arison to belong to the father, should she still be a Katana. Not so after the second time, though. Because then once she has Nisuin, then she's already out of his jurisdiction. That second marriage was on her terms. And therefore, she's going to be the one that's going to be entitled to that Ksuba the second time. So now, Masif Rabbah, Rabbah wants to know, Amai, wait a minute. The first ksuba belongs to the father. Rabbi Yuda agrees that with the me'ares in the first case, when it's just Erisin, and then she becomes a bogeres, and then she gets married, that the father doesn't have any Erisus at all. Why would that case be any different? <coughs> the case is still had the Erisin with the father when she was a katana, so why in that case... Does, is Rabbi Huda going to be agreeing with the Rabbanon that the father does not get the rest of the, the Ksuba? So Gemara says, No, you have to say it like this. Rashi explains, the Nisuin, right, would also have to be before Bagras. So if the Nisuin is also before Bagras, they say, it's written while she's in his jurisdiction. That's what it means. So that first Ksuba that was before the Nisuin, right, and she had Bagras before the Nisuin. That's the point. Lo nichsav birshuso. Why? Because nichsavim, Rashi says, the hagarsina nichsavim lashon rabim. Amanu matayim dechsuva kai. Fascinating. In the lashon of the ksuba itself, we're saying mano matayim. Well, mana is after Erisin, because we're learning ksuba, so you got to learn these details. Matayim is after the Nisuin, and therefore it is implied in the lashon of the ksuba that the father is only going to get it if both the katnas and the bagras take place right prior to right to, to the to the uh, payment of the ksuba, but once she ages out, even Rabbi Yehuda would agree that the father does not get the ksuba, and so we're over here umigva meemas gavia, which is approximately fifteen lines up from the bottom of Gil and base. Where is she going to collect? That is where the Gemara picks up. From tomorrow, manam atayim in her erisin or ravuna, but the sefer min the nisuin or veravasi echad ze ve echad ze min han nisuin. Right, we're talking about the 
um, over here, the regular ksuba and the tosefah ksuba, bringing you 12 lines up from the bottom of Memgillam Abayz to get the rest of the story on that issue.